What is sin? Is it a sin to doubt God? Are we born into sin or are we born into grace? Do we really sin every single day? Does God really punish me for my sins? Can I lose my salvation? This week, we're addressing some of the common questions we ask about sin and the lies we tend to believe. We talk about how we are born into a world that is both the yin and yang, good and bad, sinful nature and grace nature, and how we have to choose on which one we operate in. We talk about how sin is less an action, more a mindset. And we discuss how to break free from these religious stigmas that keep us bound thinking about sin instead of operating in true grace and freedom. This is an empowering episode, and we hope that it helps break us out of those mindsets and allows us to live the way God intended. Let's get right to it. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert. A safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the answers. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, and welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Elaine. And my name is Cody. And this is episode 76. What are we talking about today, Cody? Today we are talking, I like how we introduced that, it was like so professional. Okay, today we are talking about some of the common questions regarding sin. Last week we did questions we ask about God and lies that we tend to believe. This week we're talking about questions we ask about sin and lies we tend to believe. We really liked the way last week's episode was, so we thought, hey, let's carry on with the theme, right? So uh, this is one of these topics just kind of been bouncing in our head. It's going to be a quick um, kind of shot-for-shot episode where we just rattle off some some, uh, questions or lies we tend to believe about sin nature and how God views us. We give our thoughts, maybe a little bit of scripture on it. Mm-hmm. Bada bing, bada boom. Here we go. And disclaimer, we don't actually have all the answers. No. So if you're looking for answers, I think this is the wrong place. <laughs> but if you are looking for discussion and open-ended questions and, and finding truth for yourself and, and to discover what you think about sin then you have come to the right place. If you listened to last week's episode, it's the similar format. We just kind of spout off a couple questions and talk about what it actually means. Like Cody said, maybe some scripture that goes along with it, just what our initial feelings are and also what we've been previously taught and if that still aligns with what we currently believe now. Yeah, and the interesting thing and just kind of a, a recap remembrance, if you're new to this show, this is a common theme, but we'll just go ahead and state it here. The Bible is a vast book, and it is based um, on a religion that was completely open to each person's interpretation. We have made it much more rigid than that, but so much, I'm not saying all, but so much of what is in the Bible is meant to be um, digested, you know, kind of like the whole take in the word, eat the word, meditate, digest the word of God, right? It's a weird thing that we talk about, but do we ever actually do it? It's not as rigid as we like it to be uh, for some reason. So all of what we're saying here, yes, we believe this to be truthful right now, but we want you to find what um, syncs with your spirit and with your soul as we go through this. And before we get into that, a couple of quick things. We have a Facebook community. If you don't know that already, now you do. Facebook community, Nomads, a safe community for Christians to ask unsafe questions. It is growing. Conversation is booming and flourishing. We're actually very, very pleased that these conversations are getting had, and we would love for you to be a part. We know you guys are out there. We see the numbers. We would love to get to know you better. So head down to the show notes below, click that link, and ask to join. We would love to have you. Also, if you get something out of this show, we would greatly appreciate you hopping down there, leaving an honest review. We would love to uh, have just your feedback to help us know how to continue to better suit our audience out there, everyone who's listening, and what we're doing good. Heck, we might even screenshot it and share it on Facebook, uh, since it's anonymous anyway, right? So, if you want a shout out, head down there and drop an honest review. 
And lastly, of course, if you get something out of this, we ask you share it on with a friend. That is the best way to keep the conversation going. So let's get right into today's topic on common questions we have regarding sin and lies we believe about it. Here it comes. So, Elaine, what is sin? Sin, well... It's not on the questions for today. It's just a nice way to intro. To me, sin is deliberately putting yourself or others at harm or risk or um, if your intentions and purpose of doing things is to be hurtful or against God, against yourself, then that would be sin. So if you are going to, obviously, it's sinful to murder somebody. You can't just go kill everyone because they cut you off in traffic. That's sinful. Even having those thoughts are sinful. Well, but I mean, the Old Testament might argue with that. I mean, there was some weird crap that went yeah, on there. So yeah. is murder sin? I don't know. There seems to be an exception there. Don't go um, kill people. Don't do that. No. But also, like, if you are just being hateful online, that's a sin. Like, if you're deliberately trying to cast judgment or hatred or just ill will on other people, I feel like that's sinful. If you... Is trolling people online a sin? It depends on... Well, what's the purpose of trolling? To enlighten people through rude sarcasm. Well, I was listening. At least for me. <laughs> actually, no. Well, I was reading a book by Brene Brown earlier this year. And the root word of sarcasm actually meant to cause harm and to destroy people. So by that logic, trolling and sarcasm is sinful. But sometimes you have to destroy something to give room for something greater. Yeah, I feel like that's how a lot of people in church leadership get hurt. Or in church in general. Yeah, by destroying them and building something, quote, greater, but you're actually just molding them to what you think they should be. That's fair. But so, trolling is so much fun. <laughs> I think it just depends on the context. If you know your audience, if you know your friends and family, and you know you can joke around with them, I feel like that's fine. But if your intention of trolling somebody is to really, you know, hurt their feelings, degrade them as a person, then yeah, that's that's when it becomes sinful. Yeah, I don't think I've okay, I'm not I'm not gonna say I've never done that, but I'm gonna say that is not my You're ultimate sinful. intent. <laughs> <laughs> but I do enjoy a good bout so of sarcasm. So what is sin to you? What what, what is, is that what is me? sin to you? What have you been taught about sin? Sin to me is Everything imaginable. No, that's what I mean. Pretty much, that's what we're taught. Like, right? Like, everything, sin is, is everything. permissible. My my shirt says anything is possible. Yeah, there you go. Everything is sin, <laughs> or everything is not, depending on how you look yeah, at it. There you go. Uh, sin is a lot of things. So, just to kind of like get a little more serious, sin, at least in the way I was brought up, was taught more than probably grace. Like, you know, it's funny. We are a Religion based on grace, based on redemption, based on the idea of almost like the phoenix from the ashes. We are no longer what we were, yet we are handed out laws, the almost if not greater in equivalency to um, the Old Testament uh, Jews, right? So we live by a New Testament covenant, supposedly, uh, where we are to be free, yet we are managed and given a list of rules that is just like Leviticus for um, evangelical Christianity, right? Like it's, it's the equivalent. I don't even know where to begin on saying what is sin because it's never really told to you what exactly, I mean, you're told like, if you lie, if you steal, yeah. if you kill, if you, if you think bad, if you think, um, you know, sexual thoughts you're sinning. If you think about, uh, you know, like, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And I understand, like, sure, it's it's the whole Reformation attitude of trying to be a new being, but it's, it's really be a new being or else. It's not really, there isn't, like, this level of grace or this magnitude of grace dished out. It is more a list of laws, um, almost canonized at this point, to where it's like, if you do this, if you do that, if you do this. But at the same time, 
so many of these very same things are swept under the rug in leadership. So one of the verses that actually come up to me whenever we're talking about sin is John 10, 10, where it says um, the thief comes in to kill, steal and destroy. But God has given us eternal life. But that's the very first part of that scripture saying, you know, Satan comes to kill, steal and destroy. And I think that's what sin is. If you're killing um, whether just with your words and even just like a physical act of killing, but if you're killing somebody's joy, killing their self-worth, if you're destroying their self-worth, if you're stealing their self-worth and their self-esteem and, and all that, I feel like that to me is what sin is, is those three things, killing, stealing, and destroying. But that's not necessarily just on a physical level, but on a mental, emotional, even spiritual level. Sure. Yeah. Most everything comes down. If you violate the two principles of loving God, loving your neighbor, it's then probably, it's sin. if it's not done out of love, Yeah. you know, anything not done out of love most likely constitutes sin. But I, I would like to clear the air here on something too. To me, sin is not an action. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I sinned. That is not really like, I understand, like, I'm not saying that it's not actions because it is, but to me, what helps me understand the idea of sin is more of like an energy. It's more of a, it's more of a, a mindset or mentality, power. right? So, um, to be in sin is like you can sin and know you're sinning and be attempting to better yourself, but we're all on a process of trying to be more like Christ. And so, to me, that's it may be a sin, but it's not sinful. Like, I mean, I don't know how to explain. It's it's kind of like it's this more back and of forth. A, going back to the purpose and intention and what you, what's your heart behind it. Right. If you're constantly trying to better yourself, we all have our moments of weakness and our downfalls, but that doesn't mean that you're living in a sin nature just because you committed a sinful action. As long as you're trying to trying to be the best version of yourself, which ultimately looks like Christ, right? To kind of bridge um the whole like self-help movement in Christianity, mm-hmm. like the best version of ourselves is in fact our our divine creation, Christ. So to bridge that gap would be to do that very thing. And as long as you're attempting to do that, I think that that, that is uh, in essence um, turning away from like this quote unquote sin nature, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think that there's more grace there. There's more love there than we often like to give. And it's not this, oh, you sinned, repent. I think repentance is a heartfelt motion of trying less than it is like, oh, God, I just, okay, I'm going to change it for just a second. Then we're going to get into like our actual questions because this isn't even on our roster. So I have had numerous people in my life come to me, older people, younger people. This is a common question. I've struggled with it. Like, I wouldn't say struggle. I've always kind of thought it was bull, but so many people have this same question and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not like throwing shade. Like this is a legitimate thing that we are kind of inadvertently taught and it's well, and this just play a scenario here. What if I got in a car accident tomorrow and I had just told a lie before I got in a car accident? Am I going to go to hell? This is a legitimate fear people are struggling with. Why? Because we dish out fear on a platter instead of love because fear is easier to control. Fear is a better motivator a lot of times. That fight or flight is a better motivator to get crap done to build these mini kingdoms than um, grace and love. Because grace and love is like, it's a big tangent. Grace and love is more like taking time for yourself. It's more, um, it empowers people, right? Grace and love empower people. Fear and sin um, control people. The idea of that controls people. And so we have created this uh, system of dishing out fear. And that's one of those things. Why on earth should we ever have to worry of, oh, if I told a little white lie and then I got in a car accident and died, I'm going to burn in a lake of fire for eternity. That is just the most twisted ideology. And that is the most opposite of God thing. But why do people think that? Because what we're told. But why are we told that if we are supposed to operate out of grace and mercy, then why is our greatest our, our greatest factor is fear? Because that is the ultimate manipulation of love. One of the church's biggest sins to me is our tendency to give out fear, to promote fear over love. That is like the ultimate thing to me that is 
being spread. It is given out so frequently. So uh, for the rest of this episode, we're going to have to try to look past that. We're going to have to try to look past this. whole. No, you're not going to go to hell if you... That's a whole other topic on what even hell constitutes and what all that looks like that we're going to be getting into in time. But just for right now, let's just look at it this way. No, um, if you tell a little white lie, like sin and grace are more of a covering, right? Uh, yes, you can show love. That is an action. You can commit sin. That is an action. But ultimately, sin is a heart state, just as grace and love is a heart state. So if you're living in uh, God's grace, God's love, you're living out of sin. Yes, we can still commit sins, but that doesn't mean that we're not already forgiven because grace is more um, covering than our sin. And we're going to get into that here in just a second. But we're just going to start with this. And Elaine, I'm just going to let you take this one. I'm going to let you run with it. I'm not even going to say a word to it. We've talked about this a little bit before, so it's kind of just dipping our toe in the water. But Elaine, am I a dirty rag? No. Okay, but let me read this to you. Okay. In Isaiah 64... It says in verses, I believe it's five and six. Yeah, you come to those, uh, you come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean. All of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We are shriveled up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. So, what's the context? Well, it's in Isaiah, and the context is talking about Israel mm-hmm. and their constant um, backsliding, if you want to call it that, their constant abandonment of the covenant of God. Mm-hmm. It's a mindset. It's literally yeah. the mindset of constantly walking away. So, no, you are not a dirty rag. It's also Old Testament. I think the reason why... And I feel like the whole dirty rag mindset is specific to certain denominations. Not every Christian thinks that. That's a charismatic thing. Yeah, not every Christian thinks For that. For the most part. Uh, but I think the reason why that gets thrown around is because sometimes we focus on God's perfection. And I think sometimes we think of, of the power that God has and the perfection and... Um, divine creation that he created and whenever it's almost like a humbling aspect of like oh like compared to who god is like i must be unclean and dirty because of who god is Mm -hmm. but like you said that's a mindset and sure like that can be a humbling realization of like oh like compared to god like wow, like I couldn't even fathom half of the things. Like I couldn't even fathom his purpose for creation and and all of that stuff. However, you don't have to stay in that mindset. It's great to remember God's power, but it's not so great when you forget the power that is within you. Because if God is within you, if God is in your spirit, if you are saved and you believe that Jesus is in your heart, that you are made in the image of God, then how could you be a dirty rag? Because if you are calling yourself a dirty rag in the presence of God, then ultimately you're calling God a dirty rag. Yeah, and uh, just to kind of add to that, New Testament, right? It did away with all the Old Testament crap. Yes, whenever we have uh, the Holy Spirit, we literally have... God in us at this point. We have a deeper level of connection with God than anyone was able to have pre, you know, death resurrection. So at this point, we are made new and we are not the same creation anymore. We're not born into that same sin nature that once existed. We are we are completely revitalized and just like you were saying, if you're stacking yourself up, calling yourself, oh, I'm a dirty rag, I'm a dirty rag, well then you're kind of destroying the work God is doing in you. And to add to that, if you want to see an actual sin, start being in comparison, right? Start demeaning yourself in comparison to something else. Whenever Jesus came, that we could try to experience the life uh, that he was giving. So now we have this ability. We have this newfound um, understanding of God and yet we're still trying to compare ourselves to the creator himself. That's living in a sin atmosphere because we're demeaning ourselves. We're demeaning God's creation. So that is sin in essence. The comparison is more sin 
than accepting who we are in Christ. So a follow-up question to that would be, are we born into sin? Are we sinful by nature? You know, this is a loaded question because a lot of people can go back and forth on this. I believe we are born into a world and the world as we know it, creation has a yin and a yang to give it, you know, certain terms. It has a good and a bad. This can almost get into the whole thing of like, why did God create evil? And people are like, God didn't create evil. He just created the creation that created evil. But if God is omnipotent, then why did he create the creation that created evil? Oh, because God knew that he had to give man a choice, but he knew man was going to make the wrong choice. So why did God create a creation that he knew that would create evil for a created creation that would buy into the evil so he could redeem them from the evil to bring them back to creation? What? <laughs> like, all of it is just so... There is a good and a bad. Let's get rid of it. Erase all of that I just said. If you even followed, because I don't even know what I said. If you look at it as good, bad, or sin, grace, however you want to kind of swing that. Uh, yes, we are born into a sinful nature, quote unquote, but we're also born into a graceful nature, right? God came and abolished the sin nature of man. The second Adam, however you want to look at it, Jesus came and abolished the sin nature. He overwrote God's, and this is kind of gets into the whole, like, why did Jesus die? You know, this is a whole other topic in and of itself, but in essence, to me, and this is really splitting hairs, but to me, whenever I view the cross, I don't view the cross as God died to clean my spirit. I look at the cross as God died to overwrite the pre-existing laws that he had put in place because in essence, like God died to himself, right? Because Jesus is God. They're, if they are one, if the Trinity is a thing, if they are indeed one creation, God was basically putting to death his old system to bear us into a new system and then you have to ask yourself how powerful is the cross right like is god's uh grace big enough to cover and the biggest thing that i like to kind of go to on this is really like the last bible verse i have that's kind of gonna lay the foundation for this but uh romans 3:23 is the bible verse it's always thrown at us whenever we start talking about sin nature it's for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god right oh we're born into a sin nature every one of us have sinned but we don't go to the next verse verse 24 and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by christ right so all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god we all had that sin nature but then we were all justified freely by his grace. So we like to say we're born into this sin nature. We're born sinful. Yes, we're born into a world that constitutes both sin and grace. But which power are you choosing to live by? That's really what it comes down to. Pick which one you prefer to live by. It doesn't mean that, oh, we're all just going back to dirty. We're not all just a bunch of old dirty rags. We get to pick which, which, which kingdom we live in because they're both presented to us all the time. So this kind of presents two questions in my head, just talking about the one, are we born into sin? One is, I know a lot of people think that we are born into sin, that by birth, which we didn't choose our birth, mind you, um, when we are birthed, we'd, we are instantly born into a sinful world, and therefore we are born into sinful nature. But one, when are you held accountable for your sins? Because obviously babies have not sinned. They don't even know how to do anything. They don't even know like how to think or, you know, and, and kids and toddlers and all that stuff. Like how are kid, how are babies sinful? Like all they do is eat, sleep and go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, right. like how there's nothing, there's no negative thought in their head of like, oh, when I grow up, like I'm gonna be this horrible person. Like, no. And kids don't think that, toddlers don't think that, their their mind isn't open to that. And so one, I have a question of like, so if that is true, if, if babies are not born into sin, if we are not born to sinful nature, one, so why do we baptize babies and sprinkle them? Is it out of fear? Because if they die, we want to make sure that they were saved. Well, okay, so the whole baptism of infancy is not a um, is not a Protestant thing. That's more of a um, 
Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. So uh, are they like um, making sure that like they're held accountable or whatever? I'm not the person to ask about this because I, I'm not Catholic. I didn't grow up Catholic. Mm-hmm. I could find out because I have plenty of Catholic friends yes. and family. But um, from my very limited understanding, anyone out there who wants to correct me on this, you are more than welcome to. But I had a friend who was Catholic and he was sprinkled as a child and he grew up with the whole mentality of like, well, I don't really have to like accept Christ or anything now because I was saved in my infancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe so that just is like securing their place in heaven. Right. It's it's I guess I don't I don't know. But I will say this. Uh, we do something similar. It's called baby dedications. Mm-hmm. You know, it's our version of the Catholic yeah. <laughs> baptism of infants. And uh, like, I dedicate my baby to Jesus. Like, right. is that like were because they not already place. dedicated to Jesus? Did, did God not already create them? Right, and that's just that's gonna kind of go to the whole thing of like, is humanity not all Christ's creation already? Yeah. And then the other question is, so when are we held accountable for our sins? Because obviously I know in the Jewish culture, what like what, 13? Yeah, Bar And Mitzvah. then I know like in the Hispanic culture, it's what, 16? And um, specifically Here for women, like going into womanhood and stuff and like when you're 15 or 16 and then 18, like different cultures have different ages of you're going to start being held accountable for your sin and your actions um, I think in my head, maybe high school age, college age, because that's whenever you're like, okay, I can think for myself. This, like, I know what I'm doing. Like, so when kids steal a cookie from the cookie jar and then their parents ask them, like, did you take a cookie? And they're like, no, like they know they're lying, but is that considered sinful? Like, are they, are six year olds held accountable for lying to their parents? Well, and I think, um, that kind of goes back to, and I have two things to say to this one, what is lying? is lying sinful well yeah like you're not supposed to bear false witness but Mm -hmm. at the same time um natural human instinct and i don't necessarily want to say sin nature on this because i'm not thinking that is self-preservation it is out it's in our dna self-preservation we're based out of two things we're based out of fear and comfort everything we do is fear and comfort which kind of goes back to the whole idea of we we can dish out two different ways you can do sin nature or you can do uh uh, grace nature or freedom nature, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you have fear is more of the sin nature. If you're operating out of fear, you're most li- likely operating in a sin nature. And I keep I emphasis in nature, not necessarily committing sin. It's a sin nature. And then if you look at um, comfort would be the peace nature. You have the comfort of Christ. That's kind of ultimately even the Bible is paralleling back to the ultimate two things that drive creation. So is it... If lying is is supposed to be sinful, sinful nature, is it lying when kids tell their kids about Santa and the Easter Bunny? Is that sinful? Well, by that logic, yes. Mm-hmm. By the traditional logic, yes, you're sinning. Mm-hmm. And I can say personally, like, kids grow up and sometimes that leads them to, like, questioning Question. stuff. God. Because I was like, well, heck, if that's fake, then maybe all this is fake, too. I had mm-hmm. that thought. And I've literally been told by a person in, like, a pastor well, Cody, you're just different. And I'm like, thanks. I appreciate that. Like, I like being different, but I'm not alone in this. Like, yeah. this is not yeah. <laughs> this is not a, uh, a lonesome thing. And I want to go back real quick to what you were asking or you were kind of making the statement about uh, if we're born into sin, then do babies go to hell? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Like I said, constituting what is hell. Let's just ex- Let's just go with the traditional view of hell. If we believe we are born into a sin nature and if we believe in hell then why is there grace for children if they're born into sin and haven't been redeemed, if they haven't been dedicated yet, or they haven't been sprinkled yet, or whatever? Well, I mean, by that logic, you just kind of shot yourself in the foot. That mm-hmm. means, like, your baby gets cancer and dies, or your baby, like, stops breathing. It's like, well, they're damned. Like, mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> what do you do? I mean, it's it's silliness. And then, like, people would get up and honest, well, they're not even capable of thinking it. Exactly. So why are they born into sin? Like, how are they born into that? There is a point in their life when they have chose to sin, and there is a point in their life where they will choose to operate in a state of sinful nature or a state of grace and comfort and, like, um, like the love grace nature, but or redemption nature, if you want to call it that. But... To say they're just born into this, born into sin, uh, to into sin itself is really damning, really like screwy, and can lead to a lot of strange things. Yes, they're born into a, a world that constitutes both sin and grace, and we as spiritual and physical beings, 
we tap into all of these things all of the time. And being that we are creating the image of God, we have the ability to see um, both sides, right? But that doesn't mean that we are sinful instantaneously as much as it means that we are born into a world full of sin. Mm -hmm. So, next question. Do we really sin every day? This is not a biblical question. This is more of like that old, it's almost like a, like a, wives tale at this point i don't i don't know what you would call it it's just like oh yeah we're, we're sinning every single day i don't think that's accurate if like well one if you don't believe that we're born into a sinful nature then how could you believe that you sin every day but that goes back to what a sin is it the intentions and and purpose are you trying to destroy somebody destroy yourself or whatever i don't feel like i sin every day like sometimes I, I can my emotions can get the best of me i'm like ooh, i really just like want to stick it to them because they pissed me off or whatever like sure th i feel like that could be considered sin but if you like accidentally did something that harmed somebody and you had no idea you know if it was out of your control or you really thought it was out of love but it but that person didn't perceive it that way like i i i I just don't think we sin every day. I don't think I deliberately set out every single morning, okay, I'm not going to sin today. I'm not going to sin today. Like, because then you're focusing on the wrong thing. And I was about to get into that. One of the most screwy, damning thoughts I have ever had in my life, and I, I use that very, like, seriously, one of the hardest things I've ever struggled with ever, 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 and still have to fight is the idea of being afraid of my own thoughts mm -hmm. and being afraid. And what I mean by that is like being afraid of like, did I do something wrong? Did I sin? Did I stumble? Is God mad at me? All of these thoughts I have struggled and struggled and struggled. And I finally realized my overt focus on the sin is sin because I'm adopting sin nature as my primary source of thinking. The moment I take on that mentality even if it's in a sense of, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. This goes back to, we've mentioned this a few times, the psychology behind um, whatever you try to not thinking about. or uh, Maybe not, try to suppress. Right. Literally trying not to think about something is in fact thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And you are strengthening those neuron connections in your brain, even if you're trying to get them out. And so uh, to use this analogy that we've said here before, but it, it just, it, bears repeating how every I mean, some you should probably remember every single day your brain and your thoughts your life your nature your human nature is like a river and your thoughts your feelings your emotions all of this is flowing in and flowing out as from our traditional views of church whatever it is however we're taught is we're start we are told in order, and maybe not in these words, but we're basically taught in order to receive salvation, you must purge yourself of all of the garbage. You think of a river, it has debris flowing down it, right? It's not clear water. Maybe the water's muddy from the storms up on the, the high end of the river or whatever. However, you just want to picture that. There's leaves, there's twigs, there's mud, all of that's flowing through the water. There's good clean water in there. It's just dirty, right? Dirty water. Um, not a filthy rag, but it's there's good and bad mixed together, which is how all of our thoughts are, let's be honest, because we live in a yin-yang world. And uh, the thing we're taught is you need to start building up this dam to pull up the water so you can start pulling out the filth, pulling out the filth, pulling out the filth. Um, and ultimately, like that's what we're kind of constituted to is focus on your sin. That's how you make yourself more like Christ. Focus on your sin. That's how you become a more pure person. That's how you, you get your redemptive nature, right? But it's not by works, of course. Like it's not by works we do this, but you got to work at it. Mm -hmm. And so there's this, this back and forth. It's like, uh, well, which one is it? What, what, what principle are we operating in? Well, we're operating out of both, but we're told it's not both. And so we start focusing, oh, that was a sin. Oh, that was a sin. Oh, I shouldn't have had that thought. Or I shouldn't have done that. Or I shouldn't have looked at that. Or I shouldn't have said this. And we only focus on what we should not have done that ultimately all we're doing is piling up a bunch of sin in front of us that we're constantly picking through. And then it starts bringing on this judgmental nature on ourselves. We start 
we start uh, literally viewing ourselves as less because we start seeing out all the garbage we're pulling out. And we're like, wow, we're full of so much crap. Look at all this junk. And here's Jesus, who is this perfect cl crystal clear stream constantly flowing. And here's me with literally a dump truck load of just filth at this point that I've picked out of this river. And it just keeps coming and it just keeps coming. It's like that stupid video for the Smash Mouth song where it just keeps repeating and it don't stop coming and it don't stop. Like that's literally how we feel when we start picking out. But if we just knock the dam down, let the water flow, and we start looking at things of, wow, look at that. That's a good thing. That's Christ. Look at that water. That's, that's Christ flowing through me. And right? if you're constantly thinking about your, quote, sinful nature, your bad thoughts, your negative vibes, or whatever you want to call it, you're ultimately sinning against yourself because you're not allowing God's blessing to work through you. Yeah, and so maybe it, maybe there are some things in your life you have to, like, quote, unquote, work on. I'm not saying don't work on yourself, but instead of going, wow, I am a compulsive liar, or I have a really bad lust problem, or I... Uh, really have noticed that I just have negative views of people around me. Instead of constantly focused, there was another one of those thoughts I shouldn't have. There was another one of those thoughts I shouldn't have. And like building this mound of, this dam of garbage, right? Allow it to come and go and say, wow, wait, that was a, uh, like don't even focus on the negative, but focus on the positive. So it's like, hey, that was of God right there. Or when you catch yourself, it's almost like allowing that thought to come and go without giving like allowing yourself to feel the like this judgment of it. it's like wow i just had one of those thoughts uh and, and just in noticing it they start filtering out you're literally treating the water instead of trying to pick stuff out you're treating the water let it go it's in it's out it's already passed you can't take it back you can't take back your thoughts what you can do is you can allow your thoughts to naturally filter through and sooner or later it's no longer, hey, I just had one of those thoughts. It's, hey, I I, uh, I think that person's doing some weird stuff, but you know what? God loves them. Or you know what? How can I help them? And you start, it's almost like treating the water, and you see the mud start to go away. And instead of, it's just, it's getting rid, it's changing the focus is what it is. Change your focus, and that's how you switch your nature. And if there is, quote, sin in your life, if there is something that you need to work on, and maybe it's a, it's the sin of judgment or hatred or whatever. Instead of focusing on, oh, I need to quit hating people. I need to quit hating people. I need to quit judging people. Maybe kind of switch your focus into, well, why am I having these thoughts? How does this make mm -hmm. me feel? Why am I wanting to judge this person? Why do I have hate towards this person? And that is the best way of trying to, quote, fix the problem. You right. know, it, it's not of... Oh, I need to. I, I just. I, I need to have this thing in me that I just need to fix this. I just need to get rid of all of this stuff. But again, that's just suppressing the, the the quote sinful nature back, and that you're just repeating it to yourself. But whenever you go through the flowing of your mind and going through those flowing thoughts of, hey, I had this thought that was kind of sketch. Why do I feel this way towards this person or this mm -hmm. thing? And that whenever you get to that sin isn't the problem. It's the intention and the purpose behind that. And whenever you can understand why you're feeling the way you are, why you are thinking the thoughts that you have, then you are able to allow God to work through the root of that. Right. And that's kind of like the whole thing of, you know, just kind of staying with the analogy of the river. You're sitting here and you're like, wow, there's all this oil in my water. I've got to keep scooping out the oil, scooping out the oil, get the sponge, soak it up, soak it up, soak it up. And you keep trying to do that over and over and over again. But maybe you should stop, walk upstream and find the factory dumping it all mm -hmm. into your river, right? Like there's a source. And and that's uh, that's really what repentance is, right? A lot of times we look at repentance and we're like, God, please take this from me. God, please take this. Oh, forgive me for this. Oh, forgive me for that. Really, repentance is like, hey, God, I, I noticed this thing. And uh, let's let's explore this. Mm -hmm. let's, let's figure this out. Well, yeah, because it's super unproductive when you're just trying to scoop out the baggage and the and the bad stuff and the nasty stuff. When you don't know the root of why that's happening or how that's happening, you can scoop out all the oil out of your water if you want to. But that's unproductive busy work. If you really want to 
rid yourself of that sin or, or what you are damning nature yeah damning nature what you're struggling with go find the source find where that oil spillage is coming from and and figure out how to actually fix you know, actually find the solution to that issue because if you're just constantly digging it up and digging it up and then pouring it out it's still happening that that stuff is still going on but whenever you find the root cause of it that's when you are able to allow God's blessings to flow through that. And the moment you stop trying to just scoop out the crap and the moment you start on that journey of trying to understand yourself, understand it's almost like you and God going on a trek together, right? Mm -hmm. You and Jesus hand in hand, literally walking through this. That's the solution. Mm -hmm. That is literally the switch. It's not even purging everything. You're never going to purge everything. It's impossible to purge everything. That's not even what Jesus was asking. Mm -hmm. Even Jesus got mad. And sure, he may have had righteousness to get mad. Even Jesus ran away from his parents. Like it's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like, was it sinful? No, but he was in a world full of sin and he operated in the same principle. I'm not saying Jesus sinned. Don't send me hate mail. But what I'm saying is we operate on both of those. And the process is literally the redemption. The process literally is the um, confession to Christ. And so the next question I want to go into here, and this is also one that I have struggled with before, is does God punish me for my sins? So the idea behind this is I have sinned. And I think we touched on a little bit of this last episode. But uh, the idea is I have sinned. Is God going to... Um, make me sick because I I uh, told a lie. I know you've struggled with that. Yeah, With absolutely. that idea. Especially, I remember, like, me being in the hospital last year. Like, that was just a thing that you constantly had to fight off whenever I was, like, I was yeah, in the hospital. Yeah, have I made some kind of mistake? What have I done, God? Has my, has my thoughts, has something like this uh, caused Elaine's sickness? Like, what have I done? I've brought this upon her. And really, it kind of... It goes to the whole story, and we're just going to touch on this quickly because we just talked about this in an episode previously, but, you know, it goes back to the story of Job of, uh, you know, which is the whole idea of Satan busting up in, in God's throne and, like, he's like, hey, let me take Job. And God's like, kill all of them, kill his family, all that, give him boils, but just don't take his life. And that's crazy, but whatever. Uh, Job is literally down there, and and he is, like, being told by his friends, they're like, hey, like, you know, you need to repent. You need to repent of these sins. God's punishing you for these sins. And Job's like, I haven't committed a sin. I don't think you're understanding. Like, I haven't done anything wrong. And that just goes to show that just because bad things are happening in someone's life does not mean they are sinning. Mm -hmm. Just because someone is sick. I've heard horror stories of people being told their children were sick because of a sin that they had committed or their marriage was falling apart because of a sin. Yeah, there's consequences. If you have an affair on your spouse, there's a good chance you may end up in uh, a split, a divorce, in the something kids have crazy a wrong. wrong. View yeah. of marriage. But um, there's natural consequence to our action, whether good or bad consequence, and good or bad action leads to good or bad consequences. Sometimes there's unfair consequences, but your sin is your sin. This isn't our judgment here on earth. We're not being judged constantly here on earth. That's not how this operates. So, uh, Elaine, what is the unpardonable sin? And have I committed it? Isn't that like where you're denying Christ? So the way I have always understood the unpardonable sin is speaking against the Holy Spirit. Like denying or like, like denying blessings or just denying his existence? Well, neither. The way it's always been presented to me was like, oh, well, if you speak against the Holy Spirit in any kind of negative life, you speak bad against God, like that's never forgivable. Is there even such thing as an unpardonable sin? I mean, if God acts in grace and mercy, I would like to think that there's not a sin that like God died for a multitude of sins. God died for every sin. God died for everything um, that separates us from God's grace and mercy. And through his resurrection and through his dying to himself, I feel like that kind of covered everything. Right. And something that really wrecked Cody and I a couple of summers ago was a movie Silence with Andrew Garfield. Such a good movie. And it... 
I'm going to say this. I feel like everyone should watch it, but I'm not going to recommend everyone watch it. It's, it's a very dry, long movie, very brutal movie, but it is such a fantastic movie for questioning your mm-hmm. faith. Because the ultimate premise was these missionaries were out in China. Spoiler what, alert, by the way. If yeah, you're going to watch it, it stop. <laughs> fast forward about five minutes. It's what? 15th century, century 16th century? Know, it's, it's basically on uh, whenever Catholic, uh, Catholic Church was sending missionaries into China. Japan. Yeah. 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 Into Japan whenever they were like kind of the Christian Reformation of Japan type. Yeah. Whatever. And all of the government obviously was against this and was killing all of these missionaries. And so the question kind of represented itself of like denying Christ because you have these people where if they tell the people of Japan or China, whatever country it was, um, if these missionaries are telling these, telling the citizens of this government about God, then they're ultimately going to face death and not just, Oh, I'm going to shoot you. It was brutal death. That that like your death lasted a week long. They would slit your wrist, tie you upside down, and bleed you out over. Yeah, like it was. Like I said, I I wouldn't recommend everyone watch, especially if you have a weak stomach or that just that stuff bothers you. Like, don't watch this. But get over and watch it. (laughs) But this, but this movie um, questions of like, well, if you proclaim Jesus, you will die, and you won't get to talk to the citizens about God. But if you publicly deny Christ, but privately you're meeting with people and telling them about God, are you actually denying Christ? Is that actually sin? Right. And that kind of goes to the whole unpardonable sin. Because a lot of times, yes, it is in parallel of like, oh, it's, it's, you know, denying Christ. A lot of people take it to believe that it's not accepting Christ as your savior. There's a lot of different views on that. My thought would be this, because there's a lot even there that kind of goes into the whole, well, what about reconcil- you know, eternal reconciliation or uh, even into um, when you die, do you go to hell or do you cease to exist if you're not a Christian or what constitutes being a Christian or who did Christ die for? There's a whole other slew of questions there that I don't want to try to get into on this episode specifically. But my thought would be this. Can you lose your salvation and can't like what is the unpardonable sin? To me, the unpardonable sin is simply choosing not to live in the um, mindset of grace, mm-hmm. not ap- you know, not op- operating in that. But to that can choose. change. But it can change. Yes, like I don't think it's a one-off and done. That's a big mis- like the, that's mm-hmm. a big misconception. It's not this one thing you do. And I'm pretty active on Reddit, and like literally weekly, there's someone on Reddit saying, "I think I've committed the unpardonable sin. Am I going to hell?" This is a huge fear. Mm-hmm. Fear, fear, fear people have. No, it's not this one often done thing. Otherwise, Paul would be screwed, right? Mm-hmm. Like he denied Christ the biggest way possible. He literally killed, for- killed and <laughs> mocked and all of that. So if the unpardonable sin, using air quotes here, was this one often done thing, uh, the then the most of the entire New Testament should go right in the garbage. Just saying. Because uh, he'd be screwed. And can you lose your salvation? Salvation isn't something, gi- it's freely given. It's not, oh, God's not up there. Like, it's not like a Band-Aid where he's waiting to rip it off. Um, salvation, when Jesus uh, died, salvation, grace was freely given. Like I said, in verse 24, Romans three twenty-four, all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So, can you lose your salvation all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ well, you, Jesus. You can't lose God. No. You can walk away from God, but you can walk right back to him. Like, it's freely given. You can't lose that. If you were a Christian in your childhood because that's what everyone told you to do, and then you grew up and then went off to college and did your own thing, and then you were like, well, you know, I don't really believe in God, I'm questioning, or like I'm a hardcore atheist or agnostic or something, and then something happens in your life, and you're like, actually, I think God is real. God's like, okay, I'm I'm here. Like, come back to me. Like, you know, it's that parable of the prodigal son you know god's waiting there with open arms saying like welcome home like Mm -hmm. um he's not going to turn his back on you just because you turned your back on him like he is freely there whenever you want him yeah so just to sum all this up uh sin 
is a nature, just as grace is a nature. We're born into a world that constitutes both, and it is our choice freely to be able to accept whichever one we want to rule our lives. Sin isn't this thing you're constantly having to pick apart. You're not having to constantly focus on it. Actually, the more you focus on it, the more you're actually probably in sin nature because that's what is ruling your thought, even if you're trying to, like, you know, get it out of your mind. Um, your constant focus of it is actually what's ruling your thoughts. The bigger thing here is realizing that you have to let your thoughts flow on through, go find the source, and allow the journey to unfold. And our what salvation is, what redemption is, what um, acceptance of Christ is, and what repentance is, is literally allowing your daily walk to try to follow in the footsteps of Christ, follow along with Christ. And despite our stumbling, despite our mess-ups, our hiccups along the way, we're still in effort to be the way God intended for us to be. Be our be our pure creation that is, you know, like follow in line with the creation that is in us. And the more we focus on God and turn our backs to focusing on sin, the more we will be like him. So I guess the question for this week would probably be what kingdom are you operating under? Fear or are you operating under grace and mercy and life? That's good. We want to hear from you guys, Reckless Community. Already mentioned it's in the show notes below. We want you to be a part. And just a quick thing, if you enjoy Bible history and some of these verses that we often talk about, characters, places, events throughout the Bible, but you enjoy hearing other perspectives, I'd like to invite you to listen to Itinerant Biblical History Beyond the Bible. That is my new show. It is uh, kind of set up like if you were sitting around a campfire telling spooky stories, but these spooky stories just so happen to be um, from the Bible and other ancient texts, other beliefs. Uh, my last episode was actually about demons. It's called We Are Legion and is talking about the origin of demons. Just a quick little um, thing to spark your interest. The word demon is actually not in Jewish culture at all. We just kind of added it in. So what are demons? Where do they come from? Are they fallen angels? Are they deceased spirits? Or are they from our own minds? That's something we talk about there. So I would love to have you apart. You can head over to Itinerant Podcast. That's I-T-I-N-E-R-A-N-T. I-T-N-E-R-A-N-T. Itinerantpodcast.com. You can also just go to the Reckless Pursuit in the top left corner. There's a link because it's all under the same website. We want to hear from you. Drop us an email. Head over to our website. Grab into that Facebook group and share this on with a friend. And we look forward to talking with you guys soon. And as always, be brave. Be bold. And be reckless. We'll talk soon.